You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. So much has changed about the way that B2B buyers buy over the last decade or so that B2B sellers have to adjust how they sell to keep pace. And it's not just sales. With buyers completing the majority of their journey online and without salespeople today, it's changing the game for B2B marketers as well. I'm Mike Pastor from Technology Advice. On this episode of B2B Nation, we're talking to John Carlson, Senior Marketing Director at Alego, about the new reality of sales enablement, where annual meetings and conference rooms are replaced by real-time AI-driven information that arms sellers with the right information at the right time. Like a lot of areas in the B2B tech space, the market for sales enablement tools is increasingly crowded and noisy, with dedicated platforms and various point solutions all battling for the attention of sales enablement teams and their leaders. So we're also talking to John about what a Lego does to break through the noise and which messages resonate with prospects and customers. John Carlson, welcome to B2B Nation. Why don't you take a minute and tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, thanks, Mike. Great to be here. Yes, my name is John Carlson. I'm Senior Marketing Director at Alego. Um, we are a full suite, all-in-one sales enablement platform, right? So uh, let's take a minute to define that because we're going to talk a lot about sales enablement. Um, and when I say all-in-one sales enablement, I say that because Alego takes a bunch of different functionalities that have historically been often separate, right? And we bring them together. So I'm talking about sales training and onboarding, ongoing coaching, virtual selling, sales content management, conversation intelligence, right? Bringing all of these functions together because we believe that they are intrinsically connected, right? And are better and, and teams are able to better optimize their sales teams when all these functionalities are brought under, under one, one umbrella. So that's what a Lego is. Um, we're built with um, you know, a very rep-centric mentality, um, meaning the technology is built to serve the rep right? Very often in sales enablement, it's built around sort of top-down administrative training, right? Formal training. We think that's important. We think you've got to do it and Allego accommodates for that, but we're really built around how do reps prefer to learn? How do they prefer, prefer to share information with each other? How often, can they, how often can they share information with each other? How easily can they do that? How can they learn from, uh, from their teammates, from external subject matter experts, and how can they do that in the flow of their work rather than in discrete training sessions? So. I don't mean to be long-winded, but I think it, it actually sets important context for the conversation. So that's, in a nutshell, who Alego is and, and, and how we operate. I, I as I said, am, am Senior Marketing Director, and I oversee all of our demand generation activities, our marketing operations, our, our content marketing, working very closely with our product marketing and digital teams as well. Yeah, it's, it's an exciting space to be in, and I'm excited to have this conversation with you. All right, so it seems like a lot of organizations have some sort of sales enablement function in place. Whether that's a dedicated team, I've worked in organizations where the team, the sales team was smaller, so maybe it was a function of marketing. Do you think there is, for lack of a better word, a maturity model or some sort of point for sales enablement? What's the guidance on, we need to grow this function. It needs to be its own thing. It needs to have more resources. How do businesses go about making those decisions? If you wait for the performance of the sales team to be at a point where, hey, they need more training, they need more tools, you're probably in trouble. So how do you Yeah, you, you don't want to see your sales performance dip first, right? Right. It's a good question. I don't think that there's necessarily a uniform answer for everybody. I do think that organizations need to be thinking about sales enablement as an independent function, or at least as a critical function, really early on, 
right? Like I've worked for small companies, 20 or fewer people um, with a couple of sellers where enablement is a, is a real priority. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a sales enablement team when you're that small, but you need to be thinking about how do I optimize my reps output as much as possible, right? At any given time. Um, is that bringing on a product marketing function so that they have more polished and up-to-date decks to work off of, case studies to work off of? Is it just providing better one-on-one -on -one training between a, a sales leader or a coach and a rep? Um, it's just important to get in that, into that mindset of continuous learning and improvement around sales as early as possible. But I would say really, you know, once you hit even like the 50-person mark, certainly once you get over 100 folks um, and your, your sales team is you know, five, 10 or more, um, that's when you, I would really say you've got to be thinking about sales enablement as a dedicated function. Um, and what I mean by that is that you've got at least one professional on, you know, one, one team, team member uh, on board whose full-time job it is to think about enabling the sales team. Because a lot of organizations try to skirt by without it because they'll, they'll say, oh, well, it's covered. It's covered because my sales leaders are thinking about enablement. That might be true, but your sales leaders are also thinking about a lot of other things, right? They're thinking about um, how to hit their targets. They're thinking about forecasting. They're thinking about hiring. They're thinking about how their team is structured. Um, you know, there's a lot, a lot else that that sales leaders need to cover. So, uh, chances are they're not going to be thinking about again how to optimize enablement. Um, and it is so important to make sure that your sales team is up to speed on the latest positioning, the latest message, messaging, latest product functionality, that they're not just capable in those areas, but they, they're, that they're fluent in those areas. And again, that they're, they're sharing knowledge with each other and learning from their mistakes, you know, certified in any areas they need to be certified on, particularly if you're in a regulated industry, like you need a, a dedicated brain on that. Really, as, as soon as, again, you're hitting that 50 to 100 person mark, I'd say. I see you mentioned all the things that a Legos platform does. And it seems like there's a broadening of the mission in sales enablement. And we're seeing that reflected in some of the tech tools and the sales enablement platforms. It's not just training. You see de deal rooms. You see places where prospects and sales teams meet, places where they could go as a repository for content. What What is driving this sort of broadening of the mission? Yeah. Like I said up front, I think it is because just very logically, all of these different areas are connected. Virtual selling and digital sales rooms, for instance, right? Delivering content, for those who aren't familiar with the term, digital sales room means essentially having a microsite that sellers can share with prospects that includes relevant content, educational documents, um, process-related documents, you know, uh, e-signatures, videos, webinars, whatever, you know, whatever, to, whatever content you're using that you're sharing with a prospect to advance a deal, rather than going back and forth via email, you can store all of that in one place, right? But like that is directly related to sales content management, which is how does a seller find the right content to share with a prospect? How do they understand how to use that content, right? That's directly connected to sales training and coaching and onboarding, right? That's uh, connected to conversation intelligence, which is the recording of, of, of sales calls, right? And the anal automated analysis of those calls, how they're going. Conversation intelligence can actually recommend automatically the next best, best content to share with a prospect. So it all comes back around, right? You, it doesn't necessarily make sense to keep each of these different areas siloed under separate technology homes, because a rep is going to be using all of them. They're going to be using them in uh, often a very connected way. You don't want them bouncing between systems. You don't want them bouncing between methodologies. You want to keep it as central and as smooth and streamlined as possible. So I think these spaces are coming together because 
they are part at the end of the day of the same function of enabling sales to do their jobs better. And it's especially important now, I think you're seeing it come together now because what is it like 90% of sales right now are being done virtually, if not more yep. um, for, for obvious reasons. Um, and when you are a virtual sales team, having all of these different functions really buttoned up becomes more important than ever um, because you need to keep your teams connected. You need to make sure that they're up to, uh, you know, up to speed on the, on the latest and greatest. You need to keep coaches in contact with individual sellers even more than you did before because you do not have the luxury of sitting in the same office with these people anymore for the most part. If you're a coach, you don't have the luxury of going on a ride along with one of your reps and hearing how their pitch goes. You need the tools to stay connected to your team. Um, so I think the industry was trending this way anyway, even before COVID and the pandemic and remote work became the norm. But I do think that the past 18 to 20 months have uh, accelerated that process pretty greatly. You mentioned content and you mentioned the, the remote virtual selling trend. Yeah. The other trend we see when it comes to salespeople is people go in 70, 80% of the way through the process before they even talk to a salesperson. Sure. And that leads, we've discussed on other episodes, that leads to sort of a blending of the marketing and sales function. How does that affect like all of the tools and the content that people have available? There was a time when most of the content would be behind a gate. If I don't know who you are, you're not going to see it. Um, and then we're going to have a conversation, but as people delay that conversation and yeah. want more self-service and do their own research, how does that change how we think about sales enablement? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think we can actually, we can sort of broaden the scope of that question into just how does it change the, the overall relationship between sales and marketing? You know, I think, I think it is more on marketing's plate and priority list to make sure that they're more connected to sales than ever. Because I think there was a time when you could keep top of funnel, top of funnel. It didn't have to really be directly correlated to conversations that were happen happening lower down the funnel, right? There were marketing conversations and then there were, there were sales conversations. That's still true sometimes, but you're right. Often the timeline between those two things happening, between a prospect inter interacting with marketing content and then interacting with a seller, that timeline is, has decreased and it's, it's condensed in a lot of ways. So, so marketing needs to be more cognizant of what's happening in sales conversations? What are the topics that are really resonating in the market right now? Um, what are sellers learning in their sales conversations that can then be translated back into marketing content to make the entire experience even more streamlined and consistent for a prospect? So I think as, as it pertains to sales enablement, that means marketers across the board, but specifically I think about product marketers, right? I think about them, having the tools and having the processes and having the relationships with the sales team that will allow them greater insight into what's happening at the bottom of the funnel. So often in marketing, as I'm sure many, many folks on, you know, in this audience can attest to, sometimes we're just like, we're not tuned into what's happening at the bottom of the funnel. We're really just focused on the top, just generate more leads, generate more awareness, build the pipe, build the pipe, build the pipe, let sales do their thing. Often not enough communication between the groups, which is kind of silly because at the end of the day, marketing and the entire organization has to serve sales, right? Uh, sales drives revenue for the company. That's, that's the name of the game. But for whatever reason, often sales and marketing have remained siloed. But, but now um, I really think it's critical for, for marketers to, for instance, have access to sales calls, right? I, I do this with my team. We'll go into a Lego, right? That's, that's our sales enablement platform. And we'll listen to, uh, to sales calls, to demos, to pitches, to first calls, uh, first connects, and understand, try to better understand 
okay, what's going on here? What, especially if, if, if somebody's talking to a marketing lead, for instance, what's the conversation like? How are they, how is the prospect talking about the marketing content that they interact with or the webinar that they attended, for instance? Is it positive? Is it negative? Is it indifferent? Do they even remember it? No, we, we need to know that stuff. Um, so it's really good intel there. And then as you get deeper down the funnel and start creating case studies and you have to create new sales decks or product specific decks or one sheets or you know what have you, um, you can start to, again, listen to those sales calls, listen to pitches um, and understand what's resonating and what's not for the prospect, what's working well and what's not. Where did we think we'd really nailed the messaging when we created this deck? But actually, we were wrong, right? So we have to go back and redo it and iterate. Um, I'm sure there are many product marketing and sales enablement teams that have made a practice of this, but I, am, I would bet you that the majority have not, right? That you sort of, you create a piece, you think it's good, you send it off into the field, and then you move on to the next thing. Um, that's not how we can operate anymore. We have to be more connected with our sales teams um, because as you say, the, the buying cycle is more consolidated once a prospect reaches your company. So anybody in either the sales or marketing function has to be very tightly aligned in order to optimize uh, the, buyer, the buyer journey. Yeah, I've been in the content game for more than 20 years now. And that closing that loop, what happens to that piece, that message, once it goes out for years, there was nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we sent and it out and off it went into the abyss. And how effective was it? How was it remembered, recalled? how much it influenced somebody's decision to buy or not buy was a vacuum. Yeah. And let's be fair, you know, for a long time, that information wasn't even available to us unless we went and talked to the reps, right. And got some anecdotal evidence as to how effective that content was. But now we are starting to see tools that can accommodate this. So, you know, it, it means more work, it means more work for all of us, but it's a good thing, right? Because we're creating a better output at the end of the day. Um, rather than just checking a box and moving on to the next project. So I think all of sales and marketing needs to, to adopt this iterative and evolving mentality where you're moving jointly. You're, you're, you're moving as, as a cohesive revenue generating organization rather than sales, sales moving at one speed with their own language and marketing um, with their own. So it's, I, I'm seeing distinct movement in this space, um, even over the past, again, 18, 20 months. And I'm, I think this is a trend that's going to continue. So we all need to be aware of it and need to be able and willing to adjust to it. In years past, your sales enablement team or leader dedicated person was maybe one of the more veteran salespeople or had years of sales experience. They knew a little something about teaching, learning, presenting. We just talked about everything that now falls under the umbrella of sales enablement. So if you were hiring a sales enablement professional, you were building a team, what would you look for? Yeah, really good question. It's got to be somebody with an open mind, a forward thinking mentality. I'd stay away from somebody who's been sort of been in the sales enablement game for years, right? And does, it, does, does things a very specific way. Um, listen, that's not to say that experience isn't good. I think experience working with sales teams and enabling sales team is, is, uh, teams is, is obviously uh, a prerequisite, but you don't want somebody who's just extremely rigid in their thinking because this space is moving so quickly. So you want somebody who thinks about sales enablement in a more holistic way, as we've talked, as we've been talking about this entire time. I would also make sure that people are thinking about the sales enablement function, not just as a single person or not even just as a single team of people. They can be sort of the point of the spear, 
But sales enablement is actually most effective when you get people across your organization involved, right? So we, we talked about marketing and product marketing. They need to be involved in sales enablement. But the same is true of the reps themselves, for instance. Like I said at the top, sales reps learn better from one another. They trust each other. So if you have the technology and processes in place to allow reps to share information with each other, that's going to help unburden the sales enablement team and disperse uh, the responsibility of sales enablement across the organization. So here's a good example. You know, a, a seller goes on, goes on a pitch. It goes really well, or it goes really poorly. Um, you know, they should then have the ability to, you know, for example, record a video, a video of themselves, sharing how that call went, sharing where they encountered challenges, sharing com new competitive information. And they should be able to really easily share that with not just their coach or their manager, but with their entire team. So everybody can learn from that seller's experience when that experience occurs, as opposed to having to wait for really discrete training periods in order to share that knowledge. So I think I think um, you know peer-to-peer -peer knowledge sharing is really important. I think getting people from other departments involved in, enable, in, in enablement is important, like people from product, for instance. You know, nobody knows a, comp uh, a company's product better than the product team, right? They know um, strengths and weaknesses. They know what's coming down the pipe. Um, they can share really crucial information with the sales team about the product roadmap, for example, that can really influence how a rep sells. So those people need to be enabled to share that information as well. So all of a sudden, instead of just having a dedicated sales enablement team, who's and that that team's team is the only one that's thinking about sales enablement. If you can get cross-functional, cross-organizational buy-in on the fact that sales enablement is a team sport and that everybody should be contributing to the sales team's success, that has a really nice byproduct of you know, not just being useful to the sales team, but it brings the entire company together around the banner of let's help sales sell more. Let's help sales drive this company forward. Um, and culturally, I found uh, even, even in a short time at Allego where we do all of this, it really unifies the team. And going back to your original question, reduces the burden on having to hire the perfect sales enablement manager. Now, that said, you want somebody who can really, who can drive all the, these initiatives forward, who can coordinate teams really well, um, who can speak to different departments easily, right? You don't want somebody who's just siloed. Um, you want somebody who thinks in a cross-functional way um, in order to facilitate this kind of growth. So listen, what I just said is like a very big picture change for a lot of organizations. So I would not expect people to adopt this model overnight. But if you can just take steps along the way to get there, to think about, again, a more holistic enablement uh, function across the organization, I, I do think that that's where that's where we're headed. So the sooner you can get the sooner you can get that project and that mentality off the ground, the better off you're going to be. So sales enablement is getting to be kind of a crowded space as far as the platforms and tech that are being marketed to sales enablement professionals. What's working at Alego? What do you guys see as the strongest message? What's resonating with your target audience? Great question. You know, we're, we're really proud of our products. I don't, there was a, a recent Gartner report that just came out that sort of talked about the sales enablement space and things that you should look for in a, in a provider. One of the, the key components that they mentioned is having a natively built solution um, that encompasses all these different, these, you know, in, in the past disparate functionalities that we've already talked about. And we really think we have that. And with the emphasis on natively built, we built a Lego kind of with this, 
this grand plan, this grand uh, consolidation of functionalities in mind. We sort of knew that this were, was where the market was going and we built, built the product accordingly. Other players can't necessarily say that. You know, you see a lot of consolidation happening in the, in the industry, acquisitions and things of that nature. And that's, that's good. That's validation that where we are is right. Um, but when you have an ac acquisition, often the two technologies don't necessarily mesh as you would like them to, right? The experiences are just too different. The companies are just too different. Therefore, that translates to the user experience in many cases, right? It leads to a clunkier product, harder to use. We don't have that problem because, again, we built this from the ground up. So everything is like a very streamlined and cohesive experience. So unlike on the technical side, that's, that's something that really sets us apart and that we've gotten good feedback on. But I actually think maybe even more importantly is the fact that, again, this alludes to what I said at the, at the top of the interview, is that Allegro is built for the way that sellers and people in general like to learn, right? People do not, very few people like to be thrown into a conference room at a hotel for, you know, a 12 hour training session, right? And yeah, maybe you get some good food and you go out for drinks afterwards and that's like, that's fun. But at the end of the day, like it's been shown that those sessions, those live uh, training sessions do not have the, the intended impact. In fact, like 80% of information that's learned in those training sessions is lost after a couple of weeks if you don't have proper reinforcement, right? So we, just, we can just say flat out that that's not the only and right way to train. People like to learn when they are in the flow of their work, when they're doing their jobs. Think about, a good example is, um, let's say, um, you know, a pipe in your house breaks. Right? Are you going to look at the pipe, see that it's broken, and then sign up for a plumbing training session in a month, right? Where you learn how to fix the pipe? Like, probably not, you're not gonna do nope. that, right? You're gonna go onto YouTube and you're gonna learn how to fix that pipe yourself in the next 10 minutes, right? And then you're gonna go do it. Um, this is the same, the, same, the same principle needs to be translated to sales. If a seller encounters a challenge in the field or they encounter something that they don't know, right? They're trying to prep for an upcoming pitch. They're running into a competitor, that's, that's really tough. They need a repository of information that is accessible to them uh, where content is easily discoverable and they can go into it and find exactly what they need at the moment of need and they'll learn it then, right? In a more bite-sized way than going through these sort of big macro training sessions. That is exactly what a Lego is built to facilitate is this learning at the moment of need, learning in the flow of work, making learning stick. Because when, once you fix that pipe, you're, you're going to remember how to fix the pipe. You, you probably don't need to go back and retrain yourself all that often because you've done it, right? And you absorb the information in a way that you really needed to in order to execute that job. So the, again, the exact same principle applies to sales. Once you learn, because you have to learn, because you need to execute your job, you're going to retain that information better. That is really what resonates with our audience and our followers and our customers and our prospects. You know, certainly... You know, we're, we're playing in, in a pretty fun space right now with digital sales rooms and conversation intelligence. All these are like good, sexy, interesting spaces. Um, you know, uh, artificial intelligence is starting to, to play a much bigger factor in sales enablement in terms of automatically recommending what training a seller should go through, or again, what, what content they should share with prospects or what content they should consume themselves. So there's a, there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. But I, I, when I think about our differentiators and what's resonating with, with our, within our space, it really goes back to that core of we're built for how people want to learn and how they learn most effectively. And it's how people learn today, too. I mean, your pipe example is, is perfect. There was a generation of salespeople who 
had to wait for that once a year in a hotel get together and then you know go out for drinks afterwards and proceed to ensure you forgot everything that was just told to you for the whole day right so yeah that now like you said 3 a.m pipe breaks you know where to find the information because we've got all the information we need right in our phone right yeah, so. <laughs> exactly exactly and it, it's just funny that 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 mentality has been very slow to spread to the business world um but but we're seeing movement there now. Um, and it's good. It's good because I think everybody's going to be able to do their jobs more effectively this way. What is your favorite tool? We asked this question of almost every B2B Nation guest. And just so your managers understand, he's not allowed to say a Lego. Um, so I'm not. I'm not allowed <laughs> to say a Lego. It's a great tool. I use it every day. But, um, but uh, you know, I, I thought a little bit about this. And I, I thought about what is the tool that has helped me stay most connected to my team over the past 20 months or so since we've been remote. It's, it, maybe it's a cop-out, but I actually think Slack is just a great tool because it has helped me maintain not necessarily formal connections with my team, but the informal moments that, that you lose um, when you're not sitting next to your team. I would, when we were in the office, I would always, I'd walk over to my team's desks and I'd, I'd just do a quick drive-by, you know, hey, what's going on? Did you see X, Y, or Z? What's the status of, of A, B, or C? Um, oh, have you thought about, about this this way, right? Just like informal conversations. You don't need a full, full-fledged Zoom meeting to go over this stuff, but they are the conversations on which companies are built. When you're not in person, they, they go away. So Slack has been the replacement of those interactions for me, right? Those one-off, hey, what, what's up with this, right? Or you can even you know, start, start an audio huddle and just have a really quick conversation rather than have a half hour or hour dedicated meeting. We all know those, those take up so much time in one's day um, and just have a different, different structure and tone to them. So yeah, I, it, that, that tool has really helped me maintain the informal side of team collaboration in a remote world. So that's yeah. what I go with for right now. Slack has become like the new desktop. It's yeah. with all the integrations, you know, we just did a simple thing here. If you want to, if you're requesting graphic design help for something, right? Here's a form you fill out that sends it off. You summon it in Slack. You type in design request and it sends you to the form, right? It's like you can manage almost any, It's not just the latest version of AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's become so much more robust and, and, like, and so fundamental to so many companies that, I, again, I felt, I felt kind of silly saying it, but I would that is the tool I use the most. And, and you're, I find you're not the first effective. person to say it's like, I'm sure I'm not. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I couldn't bring something new to the table, but it's pretty good. All right. John Carlson from Allego. Thanks for being on B2B nation. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. Thanks again to John Carlson for joining us on this week's episode of B2B nation. If you found this episode insightful or interesting, subscribe to B2B nation, wherever it is you consume podcasts, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Thanks also to the team of technology advice, Amy Dunn, who knows a little something about sales enablement herself, Sarah Wingate, KJ Pace, and podcast enablement pro, Emily Whalen. I can't wrap up an episode without thanking Mnemonics in the Guild for our theme song. Catch you next time on B2B Nation.